right, welcome into 910 AM Superstation here on Car Radio. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Great to have you on the program today. And we are live, live from Belle Isle for the last Detroit Grand Prix. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Robin, Robin Warner of RobinWarner.com. Robin, how are you? Doing well. Great to be back. Great to be back on the island. And, uh, of course, we'll be uh, broadcasting uh, here on 910 AM the full IndyCar race uh, come 310 uh, p.m. this afternoon. We're the official radio partner of the Detroit Grand Prix. And, and uh, so great to have you on here for the next two hours. We've got a great program for you. We're going to be talking to all kinds of drivers. Uh, IndyCar driver uh, David Malukas will be joining us. I think we're going to get the uh, Indy Lights winner here uh, this hour. The Indy Lights guys just came off the... Uh, track, but we want to kick things off here with uh, a couple uh, legends. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Masters Endurance Legends Series uh, is running down here uh, this weekend, uh, one of the support races to the IndyCar weekend. And uh, for folks who have been down here, uh, just a spectacular grid of cars, uh, including an Audi R8. It's driven by Travis Engen who is an old friend of mine. Uh, Travis, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, but I prefer to be known as a friend of long standing. <laughs> Tra- Travis and I uh, go, go way back. We both, uh, we both have the sickness. Uh, we've been racing cars for a long time. Uh, he, he, and, he and I used to uh, race on track. Uh, uh, I had a Porsche 906. He had a Lotus 23. We had a lot of fun. Uh, got to know each other wheel to wheel. And, uh, and, and Travis uh, races a lot of great toys beyond that. Uh, including a Formula Atlantic car, and, and this weekend, uh, uh, Travis, uh, this is a very historical, uh, very historic car that you brought out here. Yeah, to Bill it, I'll talk to folks about it, it. It's a 2005 Audi Le Mans prototype. It's the same uh, designed car that uh, won Le Mans five years out of six. So it, it as a category killer, really, uh, it yeah. just transformed racing, motor racing, and, and car design, frankly. Um, this my particular chassis ran here just in North America with IMSA, so but it's it's the identical car and it's just awesome to drive and this is the first time this is the second time I've driven on a street circuit which is quite challenging um, and particularly this one because the roads here on Belle Isle which are are narrow and there's not and much they're public not much well that's <laughs> not yeah I mean you hope you don't meet somebody coming the other way for sure. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of intimidating. Now, I want to bring, bring in Tim McGrain here. Also, uh, Tim is the CEO of M1 Concourse, a uh, fabulous racetrack here uh, in, in the metro, metropolitan Detroit area. And, and uh, Tim, you guys are the sponsors for this Masters Endurance Legends uh, uh, race this weekend. We are. I've actually had a relationship with uh, Ron Maiden and the team at uh, Historic Masters Racing for a number of years, um, actually back in the Laguna Seca days where Travis and I know each other from. Um, so uh, when the opportunity came up to, to support uh, the historic masters coming back here, it was a perfect opportunity. And um, obviously being involved with the, the uh, Detroit Indy Grand Prix is also a good plus. Yeah, that's neat having you guys out here. And, Robin, uh, uh, the thing I love, I mean, this is Detroit. Detroit loves V8s. Uh, these guys in the Master Legends, there's, there's a Corvette uh, IMSA car out there. Uh, there's say, uh, uh, a, um, a, a couple other ground pounders with uh, big V8s. <laughs> and then this Audi comes by. <laughs> totally different sound. Oh, completely different sound. And that's what was so wonderful about the Legends race because the Indy cars come by, the Indy lights come by. You get this, like, pretty distinctive, like, 
you know, angry bees going down the racetrack kind of vibe. But then the the Legends cars came through, and you just got this wide variety of glorious sounding vehicles rumbling through, and it was just so fantastic. And yet that R8 that you have has so much history behind it, so much success. So it you almost don't need the noise. You just knowing that you can see the history in that car. And the thing that struck me the most was that unlike those Le Mans winning cars, you did not have a team of engineers surrounding yours for the weekend. So you're talking about the bumpiness and the and the narrowness of this place and and you're doing this largely on your own. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm lucky to have a really excellent crew. There's two guys that are basically full time in the car, I, but I do 18 races a year in that car, typically eight events, and uh, and so we've been doing this drill for a long time. I've owned a car for a dozen years, and and so yeah, things sometimes get out of shape, but uh, it's they're an excellent group and and very. Uh, very tuned to keeping the car in, in pristine uh, st- uh, style. Yeah. Travis, uh, one of the great stories, uh, uh, one of the great stories about you here is this is not your first rodeo here at the uh, Detroit Grand Prix. You, you raced back here. You were an, uh, uh, you, you ran ITT uh, and and uh, had a lot of autom- automotive operations here. And you actually first raced, raced this track in a Dodge Neon. That's correct. I did. And, uh, <laughs> how, we, many, we, how many we, Le Mans, how many how many wins did that Neon have? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, well, I, I got to say the track is just as bumpy, but the Audi handles of the heck a lot better. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, we sponsored the race here for five years. I think actually we sponsored the first year was on Belle Isle. So in a sense, I'm personally bookending this by by being involved in the first race and and the uh, oh, last race right? on Belle Isle. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, um, I'm going to miss Belle Isle, honestly. Yeah, this is a, this is a special place, and and and, and Robin, there is a lot of. Nostalgia, you can feel it here. There's a lot of nostalgia here this weekend. That's absolutely right. In fact, you know, both you and I yesterday spoke very fondly of our memories here. And then um, current uh, factory driver, uh, Paul Miller factory driver, Brian Sellers got on and basically echoed our sentiments. He's like, man, I really love this place, and it's a shame to see it go. And yet for commercial and logistical reasons, you can understand the motivation to move the race back town, back downtown, but uh, yeah, there's there's still going to be a lot of great memories. Yeah, I think at a, from a driver perspective, you know, you get to a certain level in, in these pro series, there's not much difference between all the drivers, and yet there's a huge difference in terms of how people can handle this kind of a track and, and get prepared and actually conduct the race. And so, from a driver standpoint, I think it, it opens up the window of challenges that they're facing. Tim, uh, you know you've, you've run Laguna Seca, um, uh, which is a uh, which is an interesting place in its own right because that's on a government property out in uh, California. But but uh, you know somebody who's been around this uh, this sport for a long time, uh, what, what do you think of of, uh, of the race moving from Belle Isle to downtown? What kind of gr- a dynamic is it going to create for this area? Well, first of all, you know a a street circuit on the streets has its logistical challenges getting set up. I, I was very fortunate many years ago to be closely associated with a team at Long Beach when Chris Poop days and Jim McHaley and Jim still runs the place, um, and, and they go through cyclical changes. You know, when you're dealing with government agencies, you know, it, it may go well, but you're one election cycle away from it potentially being more challenging than it used to be, um, or whichever cycle you're on. That being said, 
you know, the energy that Long Beach has. Yeah. Um, and I've also been fortunate to go to, to, to Monaco. Now, certainly Monaco isn't a class by itself, but there is that sort of energy that comes around that you can create with downtown and with the resurgence of, of what's happening in the, the, the downtown area. Um, and obviously, Roger, I was at a, a, an event about two months ago where Bud Denko and, and Michael shared the vision of what they want. And it's, it's basically, it's, it's a race, but a festival around it. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a promoter point of view. You look at revenue opportunities. Yeah. That's the most important thing. That's what keeps these things going. And I, I think that there is also something that's satisfying for me is it is a chance to showcase how much progress Detroit has made since it last had its downtown Grand Prix in the late 80s to kind of remind the nation, remind the world to a certain extent that Detroit's regained a lot of ground come back in a lot of strong ways. To, to that point, I mean, I, I moved to Michigan just over a year ago, um, and, and I had actually been to the first IndyCar downtown when after Formula One left. I think that was 89. Uh, and... Um, you know, seeing what the town... And I come here for the auto shows and also for in the classic car world, the, the Concours events. Uh, but, but seeing what's happened over the last few years to the downtown area, I think, to, to Robert, to your point, you know, to showcase that to the world. I watched the, the coverage yesterday, and, and Belle Isle looks fabulous from the air. But you are on an island, and you, they come with some logistics. So uh, it'll be interesting, exciting times, and um, with Roger at the helm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows to put on a, how to put on a show, beginning with uh, uh, Indy cars going 180 miles an hour down uh, Jefferson Avenue. That's going to be uh, quite a <laughs> yeah. sight. But, uh, uh, Travis, you did uh, two races here this weekend. Uh, did, do, you feel like you got a, do you feel like you got a sense of the place? Oh, yeah. Well, I, it, it, first of all, as you mentioned earlier, I was here originally in a Dodge Neon <laughs> front-wheel drive. Very, very different, needless to say. Um, yeah, and it's what was interesting to me as much as anything was how different the track evolved as it got rubbered in. I mean, I, I've experienced that in many tracks. You go to where there's been a big storm or something, and a track has no traction. But it was really remarkable how different it was as we proceeded through the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I loved, I enjoyed the track, notwithstanding the fact that you're just inches away from something bad, you know. <laughs> Peril. <laughs> but but uh, and it's notwithstanding the fact that it's extremely bumpy, but it's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite part of the track? Uh, I have to say, my favorite part of the track is start finish straight. Because you just you're just flat out there from actually before turn 13, which is the last turn, on flat before turn 13, which I guess says something about how fast I am between 12 and 13. But in any event, <laughs> uh, and it, and there's a couple of bumps, but they don't upset the car. But you know you you deal with them, and then you slow it down like gangbusters for turn one. So I like that part, and the back straight is a lot of fun too. But it's it's really wide, you know, yeah, sort of easy. But, yeah. but turning one and two, those are actually quite quick corners. And for yeah. an aero-effective car like yours, I imagine you could actually carry a fair amount of speed. You can. And, uh, and plus you have the elevation change going over the bridge as you come out of turn two. And, and you can just see on the road ahead of you all the black marks where somebody has had an issue or their tires have spun or something else. So you're reminded every lap, to <laughs> don't get too excited about this. Yeah, well, we... we uh We've seen a few incidents there over the years coming over, too. It's a very, uh, very tricky part of the racetrack. Well, uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Uh, Travis Engen, uh, pilot of the Audi R8.
in Masters Legends. Tim McGrain, sponsor of Master, Masters Legends from M1 Concourse. Great to see you guys. Henry, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Henry. Good to see you again. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Well, we're going to take a break here, uh, but don't go anywhere. Robin and I will be back. We'll hear from some of our sponsors. We are live from Belle Isle at the Detroit Grand Prix. You're on car radio. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need the Word Network. Network. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air within 30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Jamie Harrington now at 248-357-4566, 248-357-4566, or email at jamie at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesday's Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Jamie Harrington for more information at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. Or email at jamie at my38detroit.com. This excludes political ads. If great programming and pure excitement is what you want, 910 AM is what you need. I'm Henry Payne. You are on car radio. We're joined by Robin Warner, one of the best auto journalists out. Fundamentally, you're just trying to get to the limit of the tire. You're just looking for that limit, and you just do your best to find it. I'm racing for 2000. Joined by Tom Kane. A quick car. Two of the best things in the park. The best car radio show in all of Michigan. And we got a great show for you today. On 910 AM Superstation. Visit Central Park Delhi today and receive 10% off any purchase when ordering from our mobile app. 
At the Detroit Grand Prix, the last Detroit Grand Prix here on uh, Belle Isle. A lot of excitement going on. Uh, previous segment, we were talking with uh, Travis Engen, uh, who's, who's raced here. Uh, uh, it was kind of an interesting story that yeah. he actually uh, uh, came here in 1992. And uh, for the first event here, and then uh, finish things up this time in yeah. his Audi R8, very di- two very different uh, uh, cars. But um, but they, you know that that, that kind of uh, speaks to all the cars that have been out here, uh, Robin. I mean, there there have been an incredible variety of series Absolutely. that have come with IndyCar. Absolutely, and I think we can say safely that. The track and the car that Travis brought were both upgraded significantly between the time he started and the time he came just this year. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen Indy cars, Indy lights, all the vast array of sports cars that you could bring. Trans Am comes here and races on times. You get these Legends races that sometimes just bring incredible metal. So, yeah, the variety of racing. And, I mean, they've gotten quite good at having cars out on track one thing after another you, there's it's rare that there isn't something out on track even if they're street legal production corvettes out there guys having fun that way or some of the fastest race cars in the world yeah and it's uh, this is a penske operation so it, uh, it it runs like clockwork uh the folks who come here uh, and and follow the race uh, on their phone or or uh uh, or on their laptop, the, the schedule is there. The, everything goes off on the minute, which which is fantastic because they stuff a lot into this weekend. What, uh, um, I think my favorite support race. I love I love the IMSA. I'm a sports car guy, so IMSA sports car is actually my favorite uh, event down here. But I think the most intriguing support race uh, that they ever had down here at Detroit uh, uh, Grand Prix was the uh, was the trucks. Oh, yeah. And they actually put out ramps oh, yeah. on the straightaways, and these trucks had to go over the ramps. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Robbie Gordon's uh, little uh, ginned-up idea. It was a stadium super trucks, they were called. And, uh, you know, I interviewed Robbie Gordon about that once, and he talked about how racing was one-dimensional, just going around in a line. He said, if you think about drifting, you can think of drifting as two-dimensional. And he's like, I wanted to think of a way to go three-dimensional. So he, he concocted these crazy trucks with these big uh, suspension travel and the lots of engine. So they could easily go sideways, hit these ramps softly, and just you see them 20 feet in the air for 180 feet long, just <laughs> bounding over these ramps right on right in between these big walls and fences here on a street course. It was kind of incredible. Yeah, it was, it was quite, a, quite a show. And they got really good drivers uh, who came in and, uh, and, and, and raced here. And, uh, but, you know, that they, they did that for a few years and they moved on. I mean, always trying to keep things fresh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's never, there's never a boring time uh, here in Detroit. And that was always just a, a visual a visual spectacle to see those trucks go around but it was also good to see something faster come yeah yeah and that's and that's why we, we saw the masters endurance uh, series uh come in here this morning they did two races uh, really put on a nice show you see a great variety of cars out there uh whether they're uh, uh 
pretty pretty new Leger uh, prototypes or an older Audi R8 uh, like our friend Travis Engen was running. There's a uh, uh, an IMSA GT3 Porsche 911 out there. So I, I, I like I like that uh, that was out here for this last race because it kind of gave you a sense of the history absolutely. of cars that have raced here in sports car. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, it's the variety of what you're looking at. It's the variety of what you're listening to. All these great engines of past and present making themselves known out on the track, rumbling against the walls and going down the main straights, making fabulous noises. And uh, that really pairs nicely with the modern, very high-revving Indy cars and uh, DPIs that we see in IMSA. Um, but even the modern cars, you had a variety with the Lexus V8s and the BMW inline sixes and the Aston Martins and all kinds of different uh, production-based cars in the IMSA categories. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what's uh, fun about this series. And folks come down here and they're spectators, and and you come down and you don't just see a, a, an Indy car race. There's there's a lot going on here, and if you and if you uh, if you invest the time, go into the paddock, uh, you, you see the Indy Indy Light series, uh, and and we'll kind of give uh, folks a little bit of preview of the show because uh, uh, this show is good, I think, holistically at showing what's going on in this sport because you come to a weekend like this you see indy lights out here uh this is basically the triple a the minor league <laughs> of, yeah. uh, of uh, racing so the guys that are doing well in indy lights uh you may see next year uh in indycar a perfect example kyle kirkwood and david malukas uh, doing really well in IndyCar. They were 1-2 in the Indy Light Series last year. We're going to have uh, uh, David Malukas coming to join us uh, here in a little bit. And I, and I think uh, uh, we might get uh, Linus uh, Lundquist, who I think won uh, the Indy, Indy Light Series. He led most of the laps, uh, but yeah. getting ready for this show, we weren't able to quite catch the end for certain. But, right. yeah, so it was gonna, looking quite likely. Yeah, we're going to try to get him on. He's, he's potentially a, a future star. And then you have this larger world of sponsors, uh, Robin uh, of Honda and Chevrolet and Cadillac, these manufacturers uh, that are learning a lot at this race, and we're uh, and we're going to hear from uh, some of Honda's uh, development engineers here. Absolutely, yeah, some uh, some incredible work of racing, not just for North America, but indeed for the world, happens right here in North America with uh, HPD, and we get to talk with a couple of those guys. Yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, that's that's kind of cool. To uh, I think we have may have one of the uh, HPD guys choices, Kelvin Fu. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, Kelvin, you want to come over and uh, join us? It's uh, we're out here on the porch at uh, at the media center. So, a lot of folks milling around. Great to see folks. How you doing? Yeah. Put on the headset and uh, join us. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were no just, time uh, like the present, Kelvin. No oh, time like the present. <laughs> right into it. Yeah, welcome uh, into the program, and uh, and we, we might get a visit here in a little bit from David Malukas, uh, one of your uh, drivers in the Indy IndyCar series, and we're we're just we're we're kind of uh, talking about this uh, this larger bubble uh, that we race in. I mean, there's obviously there's there's the, the excitement of the IndyCar series, uh, but you guys do a lot of development yep. here. Uh, with Honda, you got uh, uh, racers like Malukas, who's a rookie, who came up through Indy Lights that we just saw this morning. So there's a, there's a big intersection here of, of motorsport. Uh, uh, talk about that from a Honda uh, uh, performance perspective. So um, HBD, we're responsible for North American racing for all of Honda. So we support everything, right? We sell go-kart engines. Like Honda go-kart engines, we support 
the F4 FRA series, and that's where Linus Lundqvist came. That's where we first met Linus, right, who just won two races here. Um, and then he went from the FRA into the uh, Indy Lights. And then we have our GT3 Academy, and that's where we met uh, Jacob Abel, right, who's also running Indy Lights. So I think there's, you know, we try to support, like, all of racing in North America all the way to the ladder series. So you can be a kid and race in a go-kart and all the way up into Civic Touring Cars or, you know, F4 FRA, IndyCar, NSX GT3, or DPI or LMDH next year. Right? Yeah. So, like, we, it, it's, it's great to see the growth, right? And it's good to see all these, I mean, I guess they're all kids to me now. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just great to see, you know, the, all, all these people kind of with this interest in, in motorsports coming through. Yeah. And, and it's not just uh, the, the professional ladders. I mean, there's a lot of Honda engines running around the SCCA as well. So there's a lot of people that uh, get into professional racing from that point of view as well. I know that uh, the Honda makes a very popular Formula Ford engine. Um, and I believe that was based off of the old Honda Fit one and a half liter. Yeah. 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 But it's just a great solid foundation. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of grassroots motorsport that people grow into professional motorsports from, and Honda's involved there as well. Yeah, and you know we do the um, we sell the uh, Type R crate engine too, and we just came out with this little ECU package for it um, that you could just kind of buy and do a drop it into anything that you know not even a not even a Civic or in any car you want to put it into. Uh, so we, we do a lot of that kind of support, and, you know, we've been partnering with Skip Barber uh, to run some of our TC Civic-based. And, you know, if you go to the, some of the runoffs, you just it's all Hondas, right? So it's, it's amazing to see that kind of support and, uh, throughout the country. But, you know, going to IndyCar and IMSA, it's, it, there's a really fascinating juxtaposition between here you have the DPI cars, the top class, and they're running what starts as a standard honda acura 3.6 liter v6 and then you have the indycar engine which is a bespoke 2.2 liter turbocharged v6 ultimately they're trying to do the same thing but they come from two very different worlds yeah and you know that's the nice thing about honda you know it's kind of an engine company first right so you know it's honda motors right and so when we do a 2.2 liter for IndyCar, we have a ton of knowledge um, from you know both Japan and from the states. We can build for a bespoke race engine that's light and super powerful, and you know you you got a you got a lot of horsepower per I guess kilogram like um, as you go. But then, like you said, the, it's a 3.5 out of the Odyssey and the MDX, right? We take that with the block. We, you know, it's definitely new pistons, new heads. Slap a couple turbochargers on it, and you know, you kick out 500, 550 horsepower, and the next you know, we can run 24 hours at, at the Rolex, right? And it'll crank through. And that same engine runs in our Baja 1000. Like, it tunes slightly differently for the off-road, but that thing can, you know, it's, it's a it is a beast. Like, we've used that architecture in a, in a lot of different cars, a lot of different um, race race cars over the past 10 years or so. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, an, it's an extraordinary breadth that you guys uh uh, bring to the sport is uh, and, and and now we have this new wrinkle uh, with the uh, the IMSA series going hybrid, uh, a lot of series going hybrid. Also, uh, uh, IndyCar is going that way. Um, but but uh, that, uh, talk about that a little bit. Is that helping out your production side? Yeah, I think you know. I think as we go forward, um, some of the things that we're working with the production side on is the hybrids. And it's kind of the simulation, and then also the energy management side of things. Yeah, they, they, and so that 
Yeah, no, I, yeah, we're sorry, we're passing a couple notes here. We got a lot of folks coming by the porch, which is great. But but the uh, yeah, there's there's sort of the electrification side where where uh, a lot of uh, autos are going full electric. Right. And then in racing side, that doesn't seem to be practical. So that's going hybrid. Does that, does that still work for you guys? Yeah, I think it works really well for us. Actually, I think. Um, I, I don't think the internal combustion engine is going to go away anytime soon in racing. I, you know, I, I don't think the battery technology is there that you can actually do these big, like long sprints like we do in IndyCar or Formula One. So, for all those bemoaning the the uh, the internal combustion engine is going away, I think it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. And then, but with the hybrid, it's just from an engineering perspective, it's just another it's another variable. We'd love to optimize, right? So, um, with the hybrid and the vehicle simulation side and how you energy management and race strategy i think it's going to bring a whole nother wrinkle both in the car and to lmdh i think it'll be good for the fans i mean as much as i read that they're not for it i think with the new indycar hybrid it's it's going to be a, a really interesting wrinkle that's going to be introduced yeah it's going to be cool to yeah. see but Visit Central Park Deli today and receive 10% off any purchase when ordering from our mobile app and enter promo code 910AM. Our new menu items include gluten-free wraps, spinach wraps, fried spicy buffalo cauliflower, and sweet potato maple cheesecake. Don't forget about our always delicious Seigensburg corned beef, our fresh hand-patty charbroiled 100% premium beef burgers, and our homemade teriyaki stir-fries. Central Park Deli has curbside service available and DoorDash delivery. Come visit us today. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you Oh, $10,000 or more. This is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world. We bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need the Word Network. It says you went to Europe in 2016. How long were you there? Yeah, just Okay. I'm just going to ask you about that. All right, welcome back into 910 AM. You're on Car Radio. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, joined by Robin Warner, 
uh, RobinWarner.com. And we're uh, joined by a couple Honda guys, uh, Kelvin Fu, we've been talking uh, talking with uh, from Honda Performance, and now uh, Dave Malukas. Uh, and and uh, David is a rookie in the series. Uh, really made a splash last weekend uh, at the Indy 500, uh, ran in the top eight for a little bit. Uh, and uh, and David and I were out go-karting a little bit uh, earlier this week, uh, kind of getting them into the uh, rhythm. Uh, David, it was great for you, to, great that you came out and did that uh, media event. Uh, and and uh, go-karts are not alien to you. Is I, I assume that's how you started it, uh, at all this. Yeah, of course. Like many other drivers here, we all started when... Uh we know when we were young, and I started when I was seven years old, so uh, go-karts definitely have a, a massive familiarity for me, uh, just the smell and the, the feeling of being there. Uh, and it actually, you know, it worked. You know, I mean, look at look at this weekend so far. You know, we made it into the fast six, so I obviously had some good practice on, on the go-kart circuit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were, we were getting into the rhythm of things. So uh, you, uh, you started go-karts, like you say, like a lot of drivers do. You work your way up. Last year, you were number two in the Indy Light Series. This year, you're you're coming, you're going around the same track and Indy cars. How different is Indy Lights and Indy Car in a place like this? You know, Indy Lights was actually very good. You know, having that that information from last year because that's what makes this track so special is the way the bumps are, but also the characteristics of the bumps in each corner. It really changes the way the car feels. And in Indy Lights, being slower, you know, when you hit a bump at a slower speed, it tends to be more aggressive. And so far, that's kind of what I felt. The Indy car is able to go over the bumps a lot quicker. There's also a lot more grip. So it's able to handle it a bit better. So I feel like Indy Lights prepared me quite well going into, into this year. So uh, I first want to say it's great to have an American in IndyCar, another American in IndyCar as well, but not just an American, a Midwestern American. It's nice to see uh, nicely the Midwest uh, being represented properly, so thank you for that. Um, you know, you did what was the traditional start, go-karts and stuff like that, but you did something a little less traditional, um, which was you moved to Europe a few years ago and sought out European racing. Was the original goal Formula One, and uh, what kind of racing did you do in Europe? So the original goal was always IndyCar, but our strategy was, uh, you know, we actually went into into Europe at the end of 2015 in go-karting, and then throughout all of 2016 is when we went into open-wheel racing in Europe. And I went through the UAE series, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and then we did the F4, ADAC, Germany series, and... Uh, the whole strategy was to go suck over there and like learn how open wheel racing is, uh, <laughs> and then come back, you know, into the Road Indy series and be like, "Whoa, where this guy come from?" Which uh, I guess kind of worked out in a way. And then uh, yeah, we always wanted to. Our whole idea was to come back here, focus on Indy car, and also you know create some sort of a, a team going up through the the Road Indy ladder. It's always that age old "Whoa, where did this guy come from?" strategy. Yeah, no, tried and true that one. Um, you're now in IndyCar, and you are racing a Honda engine in IndyCar, and sitting right next to you is a vice president of HPD. Um, I'm curious if you can talk about, from the driver's point of view, uh, the fact that you have your own Honda engineer dedicated to your car. How often do you interact with the engineer to get the engine performing just right, just the way you want it? 
Yeah, so, I mean, that's all new to me going into, into IndyCar. I've never had, you know, a specific, you know, engine, engineer, like, just for me. You know, that's, it's, it's very cool. And uh, Ted is always asking me, you know, it's like, hey, you can ask me for many things. You know, we can specify everything to your specifics. And, you know, for me being a rookie, it's all still learning and, and new to me. So I'm slowly starting to give Ted some, some more information of what I need here and there. But it is so cool. I mean, the amount of information that I get from, from Honda, and they're always so helpful. And, of course, you know, our traps speeds every time we come in into the into the pits our traps are always uh, always up there kelvin how, how much do you guys learn from year to year uh you know we've, we've, these guys including uh, david i'm sure are going to try to set uh, the fastest lap here to put a proper cap on uh, the belle isle race uh the, the imsa boys uh, sebastian bourdais uh set the fastest imsa lap ever uh, a, a couple days ago. Uh, how much do you learn year to year coming back to a track like this? I think we, we learn a lot. I mean, we always listen to the driver feedback. It's super valuable. I mean, we have literally terabytes of data coming off the cars. Um, but we do look at it. We look at it turn by turn. We also try to understand, you know, how our how to optimize our engine, you know, for every track as we go forward. So we, when we're at the dyno, we're actually going to mimic how we drive a track. We'll take a driver, and we'll take, put it on our dyno and have the engines start ripping through their shifts and their acceleration, and then we can use that to try to make it better for every race year over year. And, and, you know, David, one of the things I don't hear from you guys, from the IndyCar guys, you hear a lot on the IMSA side is balance of performance. I mean, there's a tremendous hmm. amount of work being done on balance uh, performance. On the IndyCar uh, side, you, you, feel like, uh, you th feel like things are pretty fair? Everybody's got the same package to work with? I think so. Yeah, you know, it's 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 all the same, but you know, there's there's always different characteristics with e with each car and each team, and you know, it's it's always at the start of the weekend. You you only have two practice sessions to get it done. So during those two practice sessions, you try to get all the information that you can, and then try to pick the best bits out of everything and, and go into qualifying. And then uh, fingers crossed that you have a, a very good setup going into it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I've got a question for both of you, and it's the same question, but I want you both to answer. And whoever answers first wins the race um <laughs> no. i'm very curious you, you learn a lot year to year but over this weekend you know you first drove on friday now here on sunday we've it's got to be at least 10 degrees cooler wind conditions have changed i'm sure the amount of water in the air has changed humidity so how do you react to how the car reacts to the weather at, from a driver's perspective and then from an engineer's perspective how much do you have to adapt the car to those weather conditions so oh, david uh, wins oh man he, he agreed he agreed he, 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 he let me he let me uh from, from a driver's perspective uh it's uh the my my engineer ross he he does a good job on he already has a graph with data and everything, so he can just input the numbers and then get a result of, of how they need to change the car going for, for temperature. But uh, from a driver's perspective, you know, for me, I'm, uh, if anything, I'm really happy that's cooled down a lot. You know, the, the alternates have been very rough this, this weekend. Yeah, and yeah. So race strategy-wise, going into the race, it's, it's interesting to see what people do with the alternates. And, you know, it kind of seems like you're going to have to make them live. And, you know, the cooler the temp's going to be, the easier it's going to make them last. So. And th those alternates are required for at least one stint, so... Yes, they are required that you have to go out and do at least two laps on them. Uh, so, yeah, but it seems like, you know, even if you if you dip early and do the extra stop, you know, you, you're not going to be fighting for a win there. So, you know, especially for the front runners, we need to to make those tire last. So the cooler the temperature, the happier I will be. It will be easier for my job. 
And and engines tend to love cooler temperatures as well. Uh, I think the engines like cooler temperatures. Um, you know, our our guys at back at HPD will have done all the calibration for this temperature and this humidity, and they'll you know they'll send it out to, to the engineers here, so they'll change the settings on the engine, and then they'll they'll do some mechanical changes to what they're allowed to do, and we'll, you know the whole point is to maximize horsepower, yeah, and or torque or whatever <laughs> these guys need to, to as, get going. As you say, as uh, terabytes of information yep. coming off of these engines. Uh, David, uh, uh, terabytes of talent uh, coming into this series. I mean, I, I've never seen a series with this kind of breadth of driving. You've got young guys like you and, and Kyle Kirkwood coming right in here as 20-year-olds out of Indy Lights. you got uh, you got uh, uh, Takuma Sato is a 40 three-year-old oh no older i think even yeah 45 year old and and uh and uh and uh uh elio castroneves uh sitting up there in the first two rows today uh that that must be exciting for you to, to see this kind of generational talent out there it is very exciting you know i chose a, a really hard series to love you know the <laughs> the talent is insane it's it's so close and you just have to be perfect like Every lap yesterday in qualifying up until, you know, the fast six, I felt like I was on my limit, but, you know, just barely enough to where, you know, you don't put it in the wall, but you can get that fast lap in. And all the way until fast six and fast six, I made one mistake, and then there you go. I went all the way to the bottom of the six. So it really shows how how good the, the, the talent is. I mean, everybody's just perfect, and that's what makes it so hard, from, from especially from a rookie side. It's like, you know, you can't be making any mistakes if you want to compete with these veterans. But in the end, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've matured so much this season, and I'm only getting better from here. Being a fan of the sport of IndyCar is kind of a vague thing to say in a lot of ways because you can be a fan of IndyCar because you love super speedways or short ovals or street courses or, you know, big proper road courses. What part of IndyCar really speaks to your core? What What's the part you love the most? Personally, ever since I was a kid, I always loved just road courses, street courses. You know, I've, on the oval side, I've, I wasn't too big of a fan of, of course, the 500. You know, I mean, everybody's, if somebody's saying they're not a fan of the 500, they're lying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so for me, it was always the interest in the road courses, the street courses, and just strategy you know like since i've been in indycar i don't think i can go in anything else just because of how fun it is you know you can finish last or first but throughout the race you're having a blast just you know talking with the engineer doing strategy and plan b plan c you know it, to me it's so cool and also you know coming from from honda's side they always tell me oh you know what what engine maps i can use and get a little bit extra to, to get around the car in front of me i, I think i think it's the best open wheel racing in the world and uh uh, credit to you guys uh, for for bringing this kind of talent to the show, and we look forward to watching uh, this afternoon's race. David, good luck. Uh, Kellen Fu, good luck. Ho- hope you guys uh, have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to uh, take a break here. Hear from our sponsors. We are live from the Detroit Grand Prix at Belle Isle. Uh, you are on Car Radio 9:10 a.m. with Robin Warner and Henry Payne. We'll be right back. If you've been injured in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, the insurance companies never want to pay. Hello. Listen, David, I'm telling you, we won't pay. No, I'm looking at the case right now, and you will pay. No, we won't. I'm absolutely positive that you will pay. No. Okay, that's it. No. 
When the insurance companies say they won't pay, I will make them pay you. Get the money you deserve at GetDavidGetPaid.com. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh foods. Food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Nine to Neo Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Jamie Harrington now at 248-357-4566, 248-357-4566, or email at jamie at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Welcome back into Car Radio. We're live from Belle Isle at the Detroit Grand Prix, and we're joined now by Dave Merrick, who is Acura's Executive Creative Director. Dave, how are you? I'm great. How yeah. about you? A little Beatles coming in. It's awesome. Yeah, all, kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of great car songs on this uh, yeah. show. Um, and and uh, we've been talking to a couple of your Honda colleagues okay. uh, on the IndyCar side. Uh, th- those guys are looking pretty good. Uh, Not bad. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Doing pretty good this weekend. Yeah, I try to be under the radar with my comments about that, but yes! (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you you guys had some uh, big news of your own uh, on the Acura side this week, uh, introducing a new IMSA prototype. We did. It's, you know, it's a dream project. You know, we worked on the the 5, the ARX 5, and it ended up 
when you when you do something like that project, it ended up being we were really restricted on what we could identify as accurateness. And this the the six is just the, it was stem to stern, done in our studio just like a production car. Yeah. You know, we we actually I I tell everybody I said let's just treat it like it's part of our lineup, which it is. It's one of you know we're not going to sell a lot of them, but it is in the lineup and it is supposed to reflect what accurate would be you know precision crafted performance and all that. So it's it, but it's you know you're working on a race car in the studio with the car there. We're like this is yeah pretty good. But I, but you guys have been doing cool stuff at Acura in, in this last generation. Well, and, thanks. And so it's so it's it's neat. I mean, I, I the 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 existing car, the RX05. Is is a wild looking car, uh, you know, with that with that sort of high the hammerhead. Yeah, that hammerhead. Yeah, it's a very dis- very distinctive uh, car. And uh, now you get to to take that further in this new new generation. But in general, I, I think Acura has really come into its own design wise. And I say the same about Cadillac uh-huh. that uh, I sure. think has done a really nice job yeah. in translating uh, this, this design uh, to race cars. I mean, sure. they, they have real personalities. These these they vehicles. do and identifiable immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key with, with all of the cars that are going to be joining us. You know, it's going to be a lot of different personalities on the track, which is great. But, you know, that the, the Hammerhead, it's it's supposed to signify, and, and literally, the, the Diamond Pentagon. And when we did the NSX Type S, I told the team, let's copy the... the the D- DPI car, and so that the Type S has, like, it's got some dive planes on the side, and you know, homage to it. It's not actual dive planes, but the the opening, the the identifiable shape is all from the race car, and it's great. And then the rear diffuser, all that stuff. It's like, you know what? Why aren't you guys using what we're doing on the track? Because that's ultimate in performance. Yeah, yeah, translate it. Yeah, but th- this Acura, the the 06, where you could start with the like, just like you said, stem to stern. This one is supposed to be even more identifiable as an Acura immediately. Absolutely. Can you can you speak to what are those like signifying traits that will really make it stand out? Yeah. I, first is identity. You know, we have the 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 diamond pentagon shape is the opening the grill opening there's no grill on this but yeah right it has that that shape the the lighting lighting is you know so important to a brand from from for a long time but really now it's super iconic to identify on on the street as well as on the track so you know we have we have the all of the cues from the precision concept that we did in detroit have evolved into the signature check mark and the dragon tail and and so the lighting is part of it the surfacing is you know Acura's always have the alluring modern edge so it's this like contrast surface so you have highlighted areas so you pick up the the light but you the shadow areas are are deeper i i guess you know in in normal terms it's literally you you do a lot more shape to them, and I, I know we're on radio, so I'm using I my know, hands. I really wish we had <laughs> I'm video using right my hands now. to show you guys what that <laughs> means. But I'm I'm basically making a tempo, but turning it sideways. So you you literally uh, you know you increase the the depth of the angle, and you get a lot more light and dark, and it it's more dramatic. 
the, the, the big question I always have, though, when it comes to a race car, you get all these signature identities and stuff like that, but obviously aerodynamics, drag, and downforce are huge, huge components of a race car. So how do you work with the aerodynamic engineers? And the, how, how is that relationship? Do we need to use our hands a lot more? No. that that i, I got to tell you that, you know, probably the... The thought in most people's mind is that, oh, designers and engineers, they hate each other. They don't get along. They're, you know, it's apples and oranges. It, it was awesome. The The process was awesome. The learning curve was awesome. And at the end of the day, literally, you know, when we met with IMSA for the 05, I was in the meeting with them, and they said, we want to make these cars look like the brand that they are. And I said, look, I, I will do that, but I want to win. <laughs> so I, don't, I mean, we're going to do as much as we can, but we've got to, we've got to win. So I think what happened with HPD guys and, and Orica, you know, back and forth, is literally we, would, we were doing a clay model in the studio like we would do any production car. And we'd have changes every day. They'd call with some feasibility or... HPD Aero guys would say, you know, we we need to, to have more air into the brakes or into the engine or into whatever it is. And on our side from Aero, you know, we do a ton of Aero CFD and for pr- production cars. So we were showing them ways that we use software, and, and they were showing us, you know, actual track data and stuff. So we were working back and forth in both sides learned so much stuff from from that exercise and then it was it was real time daily you know it was literally like can you move this can you move that can you move that and we did and then you know then i would look at it and say i yeah man that's not pretty (laughs) in fact that's ugly and and literally you know we'd massage it and keep making it where we were all comfortable then they'd arrow it again and then they'd say, okay, now it's it's working better. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, we had stuff like we were doing air curtains. You know, you, it works on a, on a passenger car really well. We were doing air curtains. The thing, air curtain, if you don't know, is like little, if you ever ask, why does that bumper have little holes on the sides going to the front wheel? That's air curtains to let arrow and let air through. So we were doing that thinking this is going to be great. It's like stylish and, and they, it's like absolutely not. It's it's not working. <laughs> so then you, you you know you start moving through what at the end of the day what's the big picture? What do you want it to look like from 50 feet away? And that's when you have the drama of the the lighting in the front and you know just the surface. And then when you get up close the the little detail stuff, there's some stuff coming on the the cockpit that we massaged and massaged, you know, you're moving lines every day till it's perfect in every view, you know, because it's a compound surface. And the, the the fun of it is just like climbing up on top of the car and taping on it, you know, it's like just getting in there and getting dirty, you know. It's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Well, it's, and it's, it's a lot to look forward to. I mean, you guys are going to be out there with, uh, with, with Cadillac, with Ferrari, with uh, Porsche. Uh, Porsche. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be a design yeah, yeah, paradise <laughs> to see these things all out there, these uh, beautiful It's sculptures. crazy. Uh, Dave Merrick, thanks for uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, joining man. us. Uh, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, if, you, if you can stick around a little sure. bit longer, that, we'll keep you on here at the top of the hour. Okay. Right? I'll, I'll answer some questions about Detroit for all you guys if you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's do that. We're going we're gonna to take a break here at the top of the hour, hear from some sponsors, and we will be back here on Car Radio, 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation.
Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owe a lot of money to the 